great to be here together. And I'm sure uh, you've all got gatherings and stuff uh, happening after this, so we're not going to keep you long. <laughs> just, as I, um, just as I share this message this morning, Pete's uh, frantically trying to get a, a couple of clips up for me uh, on a, off a movie. And the movie that I'm going to use is four clips off um, Miracle on 34th Street, which is one of those uh, iconic Christmas things. Is he right, Pete? Give it a go, buddy. He's going to give it a go. Not working? Now I have to explain it. <laughs> See if you can get the second one up whilst I... Uh, have a little bit of a play. The whole thing should work. <laughs> Don't you love it when it goes like that? Well, the whole story was uh, Miracle on 34th Street was that Coles, the uh, department store, was going broke and they needed to have some sort of gimmick to come and help them to reinvigorate the store and make some money at Christmas time. And so Chris Kringle, the actual Chris Kringle, played by Richard Attenborough, you knew that he was Chris Kringle, uh, he engages with the store and he, um, the opening scene of the movie is that he's walking along the street and this guy and his grandson were there and the grandson looks up at Chris Kringle and he says to his grandfather, it's Santa Claus. And his grandfather's saying, shush, shush, shush now. No, 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 it's Santa Claus. No, no, shush, shush, shush now. And he says, look, it's Santa Claus. And he says, my, I'm sorry, my grandson thinks that you're Santa Claus. And they have a laugh. And Chris Kringle bends down to the little boy and says, well, actually, I am. And, and then they walk off from the, uh, the footpath and the little boy says, boy, and I didn't even get an autograph. But it was the fact that revealed in the opening scene of this movie, this man... Generally, genuinely believes he is Santa Claus. The rest of the movie is the unfolding evidence to support the claim, even a court case. So we may get the court case. That's the last clip. We may get the court case in. Come on, Pete, you can do it, buddy. <laughs> See, the idea of meeting not just a department store Santa and not just well, some well-meaning man with a pillow in his belt and a fake beard, uh, but the real Santa Claus represents a dream, Christmas dream come true. We all grew up with that, that story of Santa Claus coming to visit with us, and it was always that dream that we wanted that dream to come true. I recognise that we live in a very sceptical society, don't we? We live in a society where we're not really sure how, uh, if the news is true, um, probably isn't, if the politicians are true, or well, probably not. Um, but we live in a very sceptical society, society, and I would agree that that scepticism is well-founded because we all know of people who have made false and fraudulent claims. We all know them. Yet despite the scepticism, there is something about the story that catches our attention and draws us in. Something that draws us into these Christmas movies and these stories of Santa. We're invited to consider some propositions that perhaps we were thought were settled long ago, 
in our childhood. As the story unfolds, there springs forth this childish hope that perhaps, just perhaps, this Kringle is really Santa Claus. Just perhaps. And it begins to open up some incredible and amazing opportunities. Could, could he really be? Could this man with the, with the real white beard really be? What if he is? And if he is who he says he is, how sad not to be recognised and how tragic to be regarded as a fraud. How are we going now? We got up to the second clip. How are you going, Trent? Yeah, it's coming. I bought the movie to play today. <laughs> so you better make it work. It's twelve bucks ninety nine off <laughs> iTunes. I need to take it back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who? I, I just threw the receipt away, though. That's the problem. They're not having not having a good thing. Can you play it off mine if you brought it in? It's just up on my desk. Break everything. Oh, well. Anyway, so Chris Kringle, he has a bit of a story with this lady in the, um, in the Coles department store, and her name's Mrs. Walker. And he's having this... Oh, no. <laughs> Profit. Profit. <laughs> Don't you love it? It's Christmas time. You need to have the... Have you got the coat? Oh, look, there it is. We might. Well, anyway, we'll have a look at these clips in a minute. Mrs. Walker, she's having a discussion with, with Sandra and getting him ready for the Thanksgiving parade. And they're having this talk about faith and believing in things in life and being able to believe with faith. And she raises some really uh, important questions which are on the clip, and, uh, which I can't remember. And, uh, <laughs> and there are some questions about his validity and who he was and his claims. And there's some sort of questions asked about this miracle of Christmas that we need to ask today. When we come to a Christmas time, what are the questions that we need to ask? Who is this baby lying in a manger? Could he really be who everyone says he is? Could he be this one that the Bible teaches us he is? Could he be the one that we celebrate at Christmas time? Could he be? What if he is? In our reading John's, in John's Gospel... We read that he is the word who has come to this earth, that he is the one through whom things were created. He is the light of the world and the darkness does not dispel the light. His light shines into all of the world. And we won't read that over again because you heard it earlier. The big question that we ask in this movie, that this uh, miracle on 34th Street, is also the big question as we consider the birth and the life of Jesus? Is it a question of identity? 
who exactly is this child we find in Bethlehem? And there is... How you going, boys? No, no, can you put up my PowerPoint then? That'd be really great. We could have something to look at. Ah, oh, look, here we go. Hang on. Yeah, we've passed that one now. Astonishing claims. Put that one up. Yeah. Could he be who he claims to be? In the movie, it's about Chris Kringle claiming to be Santa. In our story of Christmas, it's Jesus claiming to be God's son. He's claiming to be God himself. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And that word is Jesus. And Jesus claims to be God himself. Could he be that one, really? The old gentleman in the white beard, who you have to imagine, Richard Attenborough, and his friendly smile claims to be not just a Santa, but the Santa, the Kris Kringle, the Saint Nicholas, the one and only. And we can't help but smile when we ponder this possibility. Something within us compels us to want to believe. Something in, inside of us compels us to want to believe a beautiful story, a beautiful story of someone who comes to give into our lives and comes at a special time that will impact all of our families. But of course we know better, don't we? And there's another clip. <laughs> this is the third one out of four. And he has a conversation with Mrs. Walker's little girl. And this beautiful little girl... She's been told by her mum there is no Santa and she wants to believe. Although everything in her says I'm not allowed to believe. And they have a conversation about what do you want for Christmas? And she has a single mum and she says, I want a house to live in, I want a daddy and I want a little brother. And she shows Chris Kringle her photo and she says, if, if you're really... Chris Kringle, if you're really Santa, you will give me what I want. And if you can't give me what I want, you're just a nice man with a white beard. That's all you are. She makes some pretty good points in her discussion with Chris. The real Santa could do all of those things, couldn't he? If not, then he's merely just a nice man with a white beard. That's all he is. Consider the moment this miracle of the manger of Jesus and the astonishing claims made regarding this child in the humblest of circumstances he came. He came into a, to a parents who weren't married and his mother uh, became pregnant without his mother and father coming together. Then he was born in Bethlehem in a manger, in this uh, stall, in a barn, um, he was born in this place that none of us would like to have our babies born. And yet Jesus came making astonishing claims that centered on his identity. And he claimed to be sent from God, the Son of God, one with God, God himself. And the angels announced to, to um, the shepherds, do you remember? Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Messiah, the Lord. And not only was he making the claims, but there were some around him who were making those same claims. 
Then as an adult, Jesus claimed that he was the bread of heaven, the living water. He was the light of the world and that only he could satisfy our deepest hungers. Only he had the authority to forgive us our sins and to offer his grace freely and his mercy freely to us. Jesus claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life. He was the resurrection and the only hope of escaping God's judgment, the only path to eternal life. Jesus claimed all authority in heaven and on earth, and he promised to return to judge the world in righteousness, in right living, in right ways. What do you make of such radical claims? What do you make of such things that this man called Jesus, who indeed is a Uh, proven to be an an historical figure, makes such claims. There there would be some who would ignore him altogether, that he was a nothing, he's just one of those nice guys, the nice guy with the beard. There are those who, while being respectful of Jesus, don't make his astonishing or don't take his astonishing claims seriously. The The religion of Islam teaches that Jesus was a prophet and a teacher. The religion of Hinduism teaches that Jesus is one way of many to find God. Many people want to admire Jesus from a distance, but when it comes right down to it, he's just a nice man with a beard. There's a famous uh, Christian apologist called C.S. Lewis, and he proposed this argument. He explained that Jesus did not leave us the option of just respecting him as a good, noble teacher. His own claims leave no room for that position, even though it's a very popular position. We only really have three options concerning what to make of these uh, astonishing claims of Jesus. Either he was the one who he claimed to be, the Lord of all, or he made these claims knowing that they were false and therefore he was a liar. Or, thirdly, he made these claims because he believed them to be true, but in reality they were not, which makes him deceived or a lunatic. So, when it comes to the astonishing claims made by Jesus, there are only three conclusions that we can choose from. He is Lord, he is a liar, or he's a lunatic. One of the three. He cannot just be a nice man with a beard. The second thing, as we see, can you, Pete, next slide, buddy. This thing ain't working. Yeah, thank you. There's three things, and this is the second one. We're not long. What if he is who he claims to be? What if he is? Part of the dilemma of the movie that we were supposed to be looking at uh, is the increasing evidence that perhaps... Chris Kringle really is Santa. Perhaps. Every character in the story has to decide for themselves and what they believe about Chris Kringle. Some of them wanted him to be declared in a court of law that he was insane uh, and put away, but others wanted to support him and believe that he was the real Santa. And so there's a clip that I was going to show you, number three, that uh, all throughout the city, people started to believe, even the signs on the side of the road when the workers were there, we believe. And all these signs on a blimp that's uh, uh, a Goodyear blimp flying through the air, we believe. 
and there was this acceptance of groundswell and crowds were coming and filling the streets and we, they were saying, we believe, we believe. I want to ask you a question about Jesus this morning. Do you believe? What about this child born in Bethlehem? What about this guy called Jesus? What if his claims are true? What if they are? Think for a moment about the incredible implications. The implications are enormous. What if there is that awesome someone who knows your name, who knows when you are sleeping and knows when you're awake? He knows when you've been bad or good. And yet, he loves you and he knows you and he wants you to come to know and love him. What if the child of Bethlehem really, really is the miracle of the manger? What if he is this miracle in a manger? What if this Jesus really is who he claims to be? If he is, then you and I have a decision to make. It is a matter of eternal significance for each one of us. What if we decide about this child born in Bethlehem and not, not only determines our eternal destiny, but it determines our earthly direction as well? We cannot accept these claims without also recognizing that he's staked his claim on our lives. If he is who he says he is, then in all of the promises that he makes, each one is true. In all of the claims that he makes, each one is true. He can really wipe away a painful past. He can take away our burden of guilt and regret. He can fill us with a love and a light that shines through the darkness of our experiences. He can. He can give us a whole new reason to live and fill us with the fullness of his love and his grace and his mercy and his, the fullness of his own life. It, if it means it's all true. And the third thing is there is a fateful choice. It's not there? Oh, it's not there. Oh, there it is. I want to ask you again, do you believe? This is the last bit. We must all consider the question and answer for ourselves. No one can decide for us, and it comes to this miracle of the manger. Jesus put the question to his disciples one day. Pete. Next one. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. How will you answer that question? Is Jesus who he claimed to be? Do you believe? And the fourth clip that I was going to show you is a courtroom clip. He was arrested for hitting someone with his walking, oh, with his walking stick because they came to ensnare him and trap him. And uh, they wanted to declare that he was insane. So they went to this trial and uh, the prosecutor was winning and the judge was saying, well, I have really no option, no option of, but to declare him guilty. In the last scene of the courtroom, 
the judge is sitting on the high bench and the little girl, Mrs. Walker's little girl, Susan, she's, she comes up to him with, right up in the middle of the courtroom and she's the most cutest little girl, Mara Wilson, I think you might have seen her in movies. She comes up to the bench and, and she says, if it pleases the court, Your Honour, may I give you a Christmas card? And he leans over the bench and he takes the Christmas card and she said, I might not get an opportunity to see you again, so I thought I might like to give it to you now. Merry Christmas. And then she goes back to a seat. He opens the card and herein is a one US dollar. And on the, if you've seen any American dollars, they say, in God we trust. And she'd had it ringed with the red, or the lawyer had it ringed with a red uh, felt pen. And it changes the, the, uh, the judge's mind because he said, we as a country choose to trust in God. And we're not here today to prove that God exists, but we're here to declare whether this man is insane or whether he is Santa at all. We choose to trust in God who we cannot see. We choose to place our faith in this one and yet we don't choose to believe in Santa. And that was the whole crux of the matter. And so he declared him to be Santa. In the movie, in this final courtroom scene, represents a real moment of decision, doesn't it? But when we consider this child born in Bethlehem, there is an important change, an awesome reversal, a dramatic change of roles for you and me. When we come before Christ, we do not sit in judgment of him. It is Jesus Christ who is Lord and King. This miracle of the manger is God in the flesh. He is the judge of all. We do not determine his fate. It is he who determines our final destiny. Pete. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. The miracle of the manger is that God became flesh and lived among us. He came not so that we could send, he could send us an eternal punishment. He came so that he could set us free. He came so that we might be healed. He came so that we might be filled with his love. He came so that we might be filled with his life. He came so that we might be reconciled to God where we were once at a distance. He came for that purpose. He came, he became a man so that we could become children of God. John writes in his gospel, but to all who did receive him he gave them the right to be the children of God to those who believe in his name if you'll open your heart to Jesus and trust him that you come to Christmas not just as a celebration of family and having a, a, a big bunch of food and having nice presents although they're wonderful things to have if you would come and consider who it is that the miracle of the manger, this one who came to give you life, to give you light, to give you love more than you could ever know before. He came for that reason. And I'm asking you, do you believe? Let us pray. Father, in the midst of technical problems 
in the midst of when things don't go right, we know that you are the right one. Whenever things go bad, Jesus, we know that you came to this earth to relate to us and relate with us so that you could walk through our issues, walk through our problems, walk through things when they don't go right. But at this time, dear God, today we rejoice and we are glad because this Christmas time we choose to believe. We choose to acknowledge the miracle of the manger, that Jesus isn't a liar, that he's not a lunatic, but he's the Lord of all. And this Christmas, dear God, as every family here represent, represented, shares time together over a meal table, over the unwrapping of presents and the joy and the laughter of being families and friends together, I pray, dear God, that you would make yourself even more real. In, when people come to Christmas with pain, make yourself real. When we come with the joy of seeing each other, make yourself real and help us to know that those relationships are only because of you. It's only because you made us to love. You made us to relate to one another. You made us like that. Be real to us today, Lord Jesus. Amen.